Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Knees of Mother Brown West Ham podcast and we've got four people in the studio today. That's three studio guests for you. Uh, first up, first guest, James Longman, co-host is here. Hello James. Hello. Uh, and joining him, the editor-in-chief of Knees of Mother Brown, residing at Knees of Mother Brown Towers, it's Graham Howler. Hello again. And joining us, an extra special guest. He's uh, he spent five years as head of media at West Ham United. He's now a big face, a big cheese at communications at the FA. It's Greg Dimitriou. Hello. All right. Welcome to your debut. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So we've got a lot to talk about, but let's let's firstly run through what we're going to talk about. So we'll discuss uh, the Abend Delavanchir fallout after that interview last week. The fallout. Well, <laughs> that's giving it a bit too much billing, really, yep. isn't it? Um, We'll mention the Norwich result. Oh, God. Uh, Winston Readout injured. And then, joining us on the show, we've got Ludic McCloskey. Ludic an Wonderful. absolute hero. Brilliant. Uh, uh, finally, we'll talk about uh, what the fans are saying. Maybe Big Sam is under a little bit of pressure. Um, and then some other West Ham news. Jermaine Defoe clearly wants to, wants, wants to come back. He wants in. He wants in. He wants, wants to join the, all the amazing results we're getting at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, Terry Brown ploughing funds in a Sheffield Wednesday lot. There's no tomorrow. We'll be discussing that too. Um, so let's kick off with some Alan Devonshire feedback. Um, we'll start with this one from Hong Kong Hammer. Great to hear my favourite West Ham player speak. Really enjoyed it, and so glad that he still has the class off the pitch today that he showed on the pitch with the ball at his feet. James, uh, a classy character. Yes, a lovely man. What a lovely man. Yeah. What a legend. <laughs> it was funny when he was talking about his daughter dressing up like him <laughs> for him. a fancy dress party. <laughs> I thought we should have done some kind of get dev to do Movember. No, we spoke about it, but we should have done a campaign to get that tash back. Or at least the mullet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would imagine it's inspired by dev, isn't it? That's, yeah. that, that, that Movember. I mean, there can't be much better role model for, uh, yeah. you know, for, for such a tash. thing. Yeah, yeah for exactly. a handsome tash. When you think about that 118 man, it was, it was Alan Devonshire. <laughs> it was. It was exactly Alan Devonshire. Um, Ste- Stepney, Silverney's so Mother Brown Forum. Great stuff as always. Very enjoyable. Dev, just a class act. Uh, someone who wasn't so much of a class act, but his potty mouth was chalks. <laughs> Terrible. He uh, claimed he only used one swear word to well, me. Yeah, over and over again, possibly. <laughs> after his back. <laughs> but uh, he, he is still in a job. Please to please to confirm. <laughs> still in employment uh, this week. Uh, obviously, uh, the girls in his office didn't listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> They've gone. Yeah, more than more <laughs> <the> pity. <laughs> they they yeah. quit. Disgrace and disgust. Um, okay, well, let's start before we get into the Norwich thing, which is probably going to just depress all of us. Let's talk to you. Greg, about uh, your storied career at West Ham United. Um, but bef- before you ever became employed by them, you were a big fan, right? Where did, where yeah, did, absolutely, you, yeah. where did you first I, become a fan? My whole life, really. Um, my, when my mum and dad first um, got together back in the 60s, mm. um, they lived in Green Street, so that was always there. My dad came over from Cyprus, my mum's from Essex, and they lived in Green Street and then grew up with it. They weren't big football fans, but it was just part of growing up in Essex and um, it was always set to be and yeah once I started going mid 80s that was it season ticket holder mm. and as you say lucky enough to go on and work for the club so so how, how did that come about working for the club um, I was working for UEFA before that uh, I've always wanted to sort of be a journalist and work in media and uh, doing football stuff I knew I was never going to make it as a player so I thought the next best thing <laughs> yes. decided pretty early about, yeah. <laughs> I've been involved in some staff games at West Ham where I was showing up uh, can you play up front yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it's funny once I was in it was England against the rest of the world in, in tr- uh, staff game on a Thursday and um, Zola whoever his mates were down coming to sort of visit at the training ground would be playing in the match 
and uh, it was England. I was in defence, and suddenly coming towards me was Zola and Kazaragi just <laughs> swapping passes with a big grin. Just sort of, they danced around me and then stuck the ball in the net. So, yeah. You're two footed. <laughs> Take it, yeah. yeah. But no, so I, yeah, I was working for UEFA, sort of doing media stuff, and uh, actually somebody I knew who I worked with at UEFA was, going, was involved with West Ham. Um, and he just said to me one day, I was always talking about the club, and he said, would you come and meet Scott Duxbury, mm. the chief exec, just to tell him some of your ideas. So I had quite a cushy job at UEFA and sort of sat there and travelling here and there and everywhere, Champions League stuff, and um, wow. quite a nice job. And then went and spoke to, spoke to them at West Ham, and by the end of the... In- but it wasn't an interview, actually. By the end of the chat, they just sort of said to me, oh, come and work for us. And I kind of had to decide there and then and sort of rang my wife on the way out mm. and said, you know, I've got a new job. So it was <laughs> a bit weird, but... Uh, there, yeah. There's not many West Ham signings who swap Champions League for... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had the five-year dream. I thought, you know, in five years... I was gonna be, uh, <laughs> Believed it. I was signed be, up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was great. I mean, just... Yeah, I always thought one day I'd want to work for my, my club and mm. having stood there on, you know, I was going to say on the North Bank like everybody that signs for us, but mm. um, um, having stood there and, and thought I was going to work for the club one day and then to have it... And then, although it was a bit up and down the time I was there, it was a great experience. And crisis management is completely my thing now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm kind of on that point you just made there. So you were there between 2005 and the end of Avram Grant's reign. No, uh, 2007. Oh, 2000, right through yes. to working with Sam. Yeah. So yeah. I was there in the championship with Sam. So um, I mean, that's probably the most traumatic period. Yeah, uh, in West yeah. Ham's modern history. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, I always said that, and, and lucky, I'm lucky enough now to work for the FA. And I always said if I'd been at a, you know, a middling club that had, had not really done much for five yeah. years and not had any, you know, whereas I had sort of, I worked with um, <laughs> Curbs, uh, Zola, uh, Avram Grant, Sam, obviously the Icelandic takeover um, with the new owners. Um, we had the kit thing go, you know, the uh, the shirt sponsor going, the uh, Icelandic uh, takeover. We had the um, um, Tevez stuff that it was mm. good. so all of that stuff I, I sort of worked my way through. Graham knows all about. I mean, we used to speak a lot about uh, stuff <laughs> what, when what I was Graham there. couldn't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, secrecy. But uh, yeah, so I was I was privileged in a sense, and I got mm. to see obviously behind the scenes what was going on, and um, you know it's, it's hard at times actually with the with the website because uh, you know you sort of want to go on there every day and post and say what's really mm. going on, but you can't always do that. Right. But, um, no. How often did you wake up and think I can't believe? This has happened because <laughs> it felt during that period as a fan. I was always like, I'd get the papers. I'd be again. Yeah. What? Yeah. Every day, it'd be like it felt like every day there was something different. Yeah, it's that moment when you know something's happened, and it's before anyone else knows. Yeah. So you're sitting. I can remember being called into the office and said about um, uh, the, the Tevez thing. You know, the, uh, the the fine and everything that was coming through, and uh, or even on deadline day when you've signed in a good way when somebody signed. And you're sitting there, and it's you know, everybody's sort of on the message boards wondering who signed. And you're mm. sitting there, you're doing the first interview with somebody, and it was amazing that on both sides to kind of think how that's going to be sort of perceived by people. Mm. So, it's, it's just on that point, I find it I like I don't understand what happens on transfer deadline day yeah. at a club. Yeah, what is what what is the kind of setup? On yeah, the I club love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was one one day we don't mind being in the office till till midnight because you've got. Mm so much going on obviously you're in and out of the chief exec or their office the secretary's office finding out what's going on you've got any number of you know if you're doing the website and at West Ham it was always kind of everybody pitches in so it's mm. not, not like you had a 
outsourced website where teams of people are doing all this stuff we're doing mm. writing the stories and the, the, the press releases so you've got about five or six different things on the go in case someone signs mm. you've got all the, the press ring sky sports news jim white ringing you to uh, find out what's going <laughs> on whoever's on is ever it's amazing just because mm. no one would want to be you know everybody would want to be where you are because it's mm. such a buzz and you know i remember towards the end when you know, someone like Guy Demel signed, and he just walks in casually in like t-shirt and jeans, and just you know, he's played in the Bundesliga for ten years. Mm. And it's not, you know, it's not quite Tevez or Mascherano, but you know, you're there and it's exciting, and yeah. you get to meet him. And you're the, often you're the first person from the club to say hello. I remember when Diamanti signed, and he came in with his girlfriend, and um, I was kind of the first person they spoke to once he got there. And I'm, I'm, he wanted to just go down and see the pitch, and I can remember just walking down on the pitch with him, and he was well, sort of looking at the sight lines and just. You know, it's amazing. You're talking wow. about the history, yeah. so you get a real chance to um, to sort of get to know these people from the start. Wow! So, yeah, deadline. It's just yeah. That's probably the biggest thing I miss. Mm. Do they still do they fax? They still use fax machines? They did when I was there. Yeah, and I think they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just amazes me. The fax, the fax, yeah. Faxes never work. Like yeah. they've never works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you get that thing of the last minute of everybody, and it is you're all around in the, the club secretary's office or wherever, and trying to get faxes away and. Um, also, obviously, at West Ham, we're quite used to announcing a couple of deals the next day, um, mm. so it carries on. Um, it is as chaotic as it sounds, but it has to be, I think, for all clubs, because often you're waiting to hear what's going on elsewhere. So, mm. Also, I mean, it can be quite, not sad, but you get, in my job, or people are lucky enough to work at the club, you get to know the players, so when they when they leave, it can be, you know, I remember when Scott Parker went, you know, he was a great guy and, and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, and him leaving... As well as being gutted that you're losing the player, it's somebody that mm. actually you like. You know, like. I would sit and sit and chat to Scott about my kids and his kids, and you'd just think, what a great person to have around. And, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So, how does it work in terms of signing players? Is there like a list? Does the club have a list of players they know they want to sign? Yeah, I mean, it's waiting? all done. It's it depends on the manager, and, and you know, obviously, mm. at a time when uh, Zola was there, the technical director was involved quite a bit. Gianluca Nani, um, Sam, obviously, is completely professional and mm. has got his he's got his people that are watching i'm not saying that the others aren't professional <laughs> by the way but um yeah so it's it's it, it kind of changes bet between the managers but uh um yeah it's just it's pretty intense mm. on the night um so so uh, so was it five years you were there well near enough i'm trying to think so i left in it was, i left I, came, I went to the fa last year so four and a half, mm. four and a half. i started a bit at west ham before mm. i actually started right. because i was doing some meetings and stuff and in a way that you, you ask people at the club and pull stringer i know you had on it they so mm. you can't get rid of me because i'm even though i've got my season ticket now i kind of work my way down to the tunnel every now and then i can't, <laughs> I can't stay away and it's uh, last actually the villa game it was quite funny i was there with a, a mate a villa mate and his, he brought his dad along and um after the game we were uh, we were in the press conference and I kind of try and stand at the back because you know it, mm. it's like Ricky Gervais in the office when he got sacked <laughs> and I'm there and I'm just thinking Paul just probably wants me nowhere near it but um, it was nice because I then took these my, my mate is a Villa fan and his dad down the tunnel and I thought everyone had long gone and I stuck my head into the dressing room to just sort of show him in there and I've st I still walk around like, um, like <laughs> no one says anything yet but um, I, I stuck my head in and um, Jack Collison and James Tompkins were in there getting ready to go out or whatever so it was about an hour after the game mm. and it was nice because I went in and they just sort of brilliant lads that they are just sat and chatted to my mate and his dad and made wow. their day and it just it was yeah. so yeah I've, I got, I've got to let it go I think I but. also forget <laughs> about that you take your going out gear to the game. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes straight out afterwards yeah, yeah wherever they were going <laughs> but, um, I mean, they, black line and plaster <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see him in there. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about sort of that deadline day thing and meeting the players, mm. the best thing actually as well as that is having been there when the young players came through. So when mm. I started, I really made a thing. I wanted to go to the reserve games and the, the youth games and getting to know people like Jack and James and, and Freddie Sears when he came through mm. and Junior Stanislas and others and watching them sort of come through, Mark Noble even, mm. just... Um, because they're sort of growing up at such an age where it, you know, they're, div- you know, turning, you know, from mm. being boys sort of to boys, exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, and I'm a bit older, so it's sort of nice. <laughs> so you can sort of pass on a bit of wisdom, maybe, or yeah. just uh, teach you a few defensive tips. No, they helped him with Zola and the like. Yeah, yeah, I say that they actually destroyed me with banter every day. Like, <laughs> I'd be walking around with the chairman David Gold, and because like, he's sort of really good at, at, and brilliant at sort of getting around the club and being treating mm. everyone the same, but. If I was with him, they would just be behind. Not, not to him, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty school boys. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's good, actually. Yeah. In fact, on that point about the Tompkins and the Collisons, as it, I mean, we kind of get touching it later, but it's brilliant that the Collisons come back into the yeah. team, and yeah. Tompkins has come back into the team and been so successful. Because yeah. a few times on here over the last year, we've been a bit like, Ooh. yeah, and it must be brilliant for you to see them force their way back into yeah, totally. and, and play so well. Totally, they, they are. I mean, they're. It's that Tony Carr thing. They're all raised exactly the the right way. They're t- completely grounded and just, you know, um, if you talk to Paul or Laura at the club, they would say about you know when they do appearances and stuff. You do, you literally don't have to ask them twice. They're just mm. they're fantastic, um, and uh, will we'll, you know do anything they need to do. And they should obviously they're players and they're yeah. paid to do it. But um, they're just they're, they're great kids and yeah to watch them come. We all feel the same way when academy players are playing. It kind of it does mean a bit more. Mm. I spoke to um, David Sullivan recently when, when we interviewed him for KUMB and he, he told me apparently that uh, all the players um, are contracted to do up to seven hours uh, community yeah. work every week and then he said something along the lines of um, you know you try getting them to do it though because they just you know it's very very difficult to tie them down is that something that's perhaps more something that the, the domestic base players perhaps do or, or, the, or the British players are sort of more keen to get in the schools do you think because you know I think they understand it they definitely yeah. understand it more mm. um and you get somebody like Kevin Nolan who um, mm. who just will not, you know, from from when I was working with him, he just understands it and, and will make sure the players do it. I've got to say personally um, that I never had a problem really with players doing mm. anything like that. I think it's more that um, often they've got so many, you know, other things going on that they're trying to get into their agents or whatever but the players themselves are Mm -hmm. uh, first class and would always uh, always do stuff I guess the foreign players there were a couple of times a bit of a breakdown in communications where you were supposed to be at Lakeside for a shop signing and they've actually arranged to I don't know what they've you know something where they're speeding shopping up shopping Harvey Nicks probably Blue Water (laughs) maybe maybe (laughs) Um, but no they're pretty good pretty good and some of the foreign players are, are uh, uh, you know, are brilliant. So mm. I, I yeah. remember Lucas Neal was the first captain I worked with, and again, like Kevin Nolan, would absolutely make sure people did what they had to do. Mm-hmm. And that they, the key thing as well is that you end up going back to the same player all the time if you find one that will do it. Mm. Whereas Lucas or, and, and Kevin Nolan and Matt Upson were all great at you know making sure it was shared around and everyone mm. did their bit. It's funny when you mentioned Lucas Neal, I had a flashback of picture him in Santa hat on in a hospital with some kids. <laughs> We did all those things. I mean, the, 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 the Christmas visits are, are amazing every year, but the one, and we always go to Richard House, and um, that what, Richard House is just amazing. I'm sure they'll go there again this year, and that, having been there with players, is kind of, I don't even know, it's a children's hospital. Mm. And it's, Where right, is it? The, it's at Beckton, Richard okay. House, yeah. Um, but the you, I've been in there, and, you, and the, the cameras don't follow you around the whole time. So you have a tour around, and, and the effect that that has on players, and the generosity, and the, the way that they, you know, Mark Noble there particularly, I think he's there every, you know, goes mm. there regularly. Um, 
So I'm, I'm yeah, it's kind of coming back to the point where you want to get involved on message boards and stuff and you see what the players do and rightly they should be doing but um, some of them are really go the extra mile so. mm-hmm. and in terms of the personalities you mentioned there like you got on well with some who were your kind of best friend players who did you really get on with yeah. during your time I've got to say Scott Parker absolutely mm. and um, yeah brilliant guy Robert Green mm. and um, I saw Robert at Wembley the other he was at commentating on one of the England games recently and just a really nice guy yeah. really um yeah, top man. Um, Do you think he ever regrets leaving West Ham? I don't know because I think I mean he's obviously he's, he's done a, he did quite a long time at West Ham. And I think mm. should be recognised for how he you know mm. what the, the service he gave for us. And st- I think he's still positive about the club. But probably a new challenge is what we all. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here as somebody that's changed job three or four times in ten years. So um, yeah, you know, it's understandable. Carlton Cole just cannot speak highly enough. Just yeah. talking about everything I've just said about. You know, people doing stuff, uh, you know, events and taking time out. I just Carlton Cole wrote the book on it. Just mm. a genuine guy who who really, I think, when he joined before I was there, he'd said a couple of things where it was kind of misconstrued about his feelings and yep. what he wanted to do in future. But yeah. actually, you know, I almost think I used to say if I, if I said to Carlton, come along tonight, would yeah. you come? You know, and do that. He almost would do that. You know, because yeah. he just he just wants to do well and please people mm. and. You know, we hear this again. Whenever we have anyone on for, who's involved with the club, everyone says everyone loves Cole and Cole. Yeah. Yep. And whenever he comes, if he substitutes, he comes off. Every yeah. single person on the bench will high five him as yeah. he comes off. Yeah. But he's just a really well loved character. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it's an important signing to have him back. I know what people are saying about you know Andy Carroll or whatever, but that thing at the, tra- at the training ground, the bond and the atmosphere. Yeah. And you see it if, you, if you're uh, you know. Um, if I, go back there occasionally and again I can't leave hanging around <laughs> uh, hanging around um, he d- you know he just lifts the place <laughs> have you got that flat that overlooks the ground yeah. <laughs> I've seen you looking in the yeah. top window staring down with binoculars it is embarrassing yeah. I've even moved my seat I was in the upper tier uh, and I've, I'm now down sort of towards the dugout and I'm kind of <laughs> leaning over um, I've got to let it go yeah. um, were you sad so on your final were you sad to leave on your final days they throw you in the bathtub or anything like yeah. that no they did it was weird Um, I mean the week before I think it was a reserve game at Upton Park and I was sat in between Sam and Trevor Brooking watching it (laughs) and they were talking about me because I was kind of leaving Sam to go because I would obviously do all Sam's media stuff and I was leaving Sam to go with Trevor and I kind of it felt nice you know I kind of I was um, yeah I was I was a bit worried about going because you think you know new job but um, then my last game I think we beat Forest in the championship it was a January I think maybe it was a penalty or something and then literally at the end of the match I was in the in the tunnel area and they were waiting to do the media and I think Mark Noble or someone stuck their head out and said oh can you come in the dressing room and I would never go in there so yeah. straight away after yeah. the game literally we'd won and they were in there and I walk in it was pitch black and then I look around <laughs> and all the players were sitting on the on the benches in the dressing yeah. room and I think they made a space and I had to sit in between Nobes and Kevin Nolan and then on the, they pulled down the sort of the screen for the analysis yeah. where they and I sat in the middle of them I'm looking around and every player's in there and they played a video that they'd all made sort of messages for me oh, about leaving, which just, uh, you can imagine as someone who's grown up as a West Ham yeah. fan, I'm sitting next in to, the changing in room. the change room, and uh, all these messages come up, and Sam's done it, and everybody's done it. So that sort of got me, and, I'm, and wow. it was being filmed as well, so I've got all this as a clip, and uh, oh, wow. um, that kind of choked me up, and then that finished, and as soon as it finished, I was thrown on the floor. I was, <laughs> In a, in a suit, the suit I was going to wear to Wembley on Monday for the first day, and um, yeah, I, I had somebody rubbed their underpants in my face. Oh. Um, 
they were absolutely diving all over me, just sort of dirty socks and stuff in my face. I think Rob Green had my leg, Colton Cole had another one. Um, Julian Faubert was there, and um, they were all just, they all grabbed me. And all I remember actually at that point is Kevin Nolan, straight as quick as a flash, his hand went into my suit jacket and nicked my phone and wallet out. <laughs> ever the. Um, Scouts up, well, no, I was going <laughs> to say, ever the thoughtful captain, you know, looking out for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was just he was uh, he was he was being you know um, looking out for me so he got my wallet and phone out and then I was carried it was on eBay by the time you were in the bath yeah I was carried around to the ice bath and then sort of um, yeah thrown in the ice bath wow. um, and I turned the air blue completely all captured on camera so it's amazing to show my well show my kids and stuff wow, that, yeah, um, so it was it was a nice leaving and um, and I was thinking actually because even players they often go you know on a deadline day and they mm. don't come back whereas yeah. I got all of that as a send-off, and then, as I yeah. said, Monday I turned up at Wembley, and then following Saturday back at West Ham again. Well, yeah, well then <laughs> it's funny because I'd always said when I worked there I wanted to um, work at Wembley with West Ham. That was kind of a dream, and then oh, a few yeah, months later we were in the playoff final, and I had a choice of either going sitting in the crowd with my brother and my wife and my mates, um, but I chose to work it because the FA has one man working at all. It's a football league event that I worked at because I just thought. That's what I'm used to. So I was, but it meant I was in the tunnel hanging around again. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got to sort of go on the pitch afterwards and sort of hugging everyone and high five. So oh really? Yeah. <laughs> e- even then, joining in the holding the trophy a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's funny at West Ham because I'm, I'm literally ten feet away from Trevor's, Sir Trevor's office, and um, um, like this morning, you know, you go into work after a match and you're talking about the Norwich game of the weekend, and I'm standing there chatting to. That's who I'm chatting to the, yeah, about right. the game. So um, I've still got that sort of West Ham thing every day. So you get to have a cha- West Ham chat with yeah, Sir Trevor every Rugged day. Every, yeah, every what day. does um, Sir Trevor have in his office? He's got. <laughs> it's funny. He's got um, on the front door is a West Ham sign. Did it say manager's office or something like that? Oh wow! Well. And then he's got various bits of West Ham stuff all over the place. In Can his you office. see his screen? See what he's up to. I can't. No, I can't. Um, Solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's absolutely brilliant at the FA. Every, it's, yeah. it's great that he's. You know that. You know. But I think people forget that he's. Uh, done so much and yeah. he's, you know mm-hmm. he's a knight he's absolutely uh, and a great ambassador and always talks about the club which you know yeah. wherever you go wherever you know whatever FA event he's on he's always he's always mm. talking about the club so yeah, yeah, great ambassador. Yeah. So we're delighted to bring you our next guest. He's a real hero of mine growing up. Contrary to what he's often claimed, he is not from near Moscow, but in fact from what is now the Czech Republic. He amassed 375 <laughs> appearances for the Hammers, winning one Hammer of the Year in the process. He's a cult hero. He's a goalkeeper extraordinaire. He's a big boy. What's his name? His name is Ludic McClosko. Welcome to the show, Ludo. Thank you very much. Um, so we, we were saying just beforehand, um, you've been you were with West Ham for many years, but I can't ever recall hearing you get interviewed. Uh, <laughs> no, I try to always keep the low profile. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so going all the way back, you signed in 1990. I wondered, had you ever heard of West Ham before you signed? Um, not really. Not. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, just it came very quickly. Um, and I had a news. I get the news that uh, West Ham are looking for a goalkeeper, and they invited me for the trial. And uh, yeah, and then uh, then I came, and uh, everything started from them. From them. Yeah. What were your first impressions of the club? Uh, I was uh, when I came in. I was very happy. Um, I had a very good good week. Uh, that time, Lou McCurry, he brought me in. Um, 
I had uh, one very tough, uh, tough week uh, in a training, and uh, I think maybe I was uh, only player who didn't have a medical <laughs> checkup because uh, after this, uh, this training of for, for one week, they told me that uh, if I, I finish this week, I must be, I must be fit and I must be okay. <laughs> mm. So. So you signed for Lou Macari, like you say, um, but we had Alan Devonshire on last week, and he said that m- quite a few of the players didn't like him. What, what was your impression of Lou Macari? Uh, I can't say too much because uh, I never played for him. Oh right. Because he bowled, he bowled me, and uh, next week he was gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so straight after Lou Macari, you had Billy Bonds, um, and he was obviously yeah. a, a West Ham legend. What, what was his management style like? Um, yeah, I think Billy was unbelievable. He was a great, great man, a great character, honest, and um, he he likes his running, he likes his fitness. Um, mostly, he he was doing running with the, with the boys and keeping the boys fit. Um, no, I can't say can't say bad word against him. I think he was fantastic. Mm. In fact, we interviewed Billy Bonds a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "I think it was the first time we got promoted out of the uh, the second tier." He said that that season you were unbelievable. What are your what are your memories of that season? Um, yeah, I remember that season because uh, it was a tough season, and uh, I know we won lots of games, uh, one nil, and uh, we, we, we I think we didn't score too many goals for the team who get promoted. But um, uh, it was it was a very tough season. But uh, I think we had a very very good team um, and um, great players. Hmm. And so so straight after Billy Billy Bonds, he kind of uh, we transitioned into Harry Redknapp. What, what what was the differences in management style between the two? Um, Harry he likes his uh, he liked the players to play the football. Uh, it was more maybe. Um, more training on the field, more we played in more games. Um, most of the days we just uh, we we had uh, always five sides and uh, played the footballs. Hmm. Who did you who did you prefer as a manager, Billy Bonds or Harry Redknapp? <laughs> I can't say. I think both both was good. Both both were good, and uh, I think I enjoyed I enjoyed the both of them. Um, no, I think it's, it's very difficult to say who I will prefer. But, yeah. Um, oh, I enjoy the both. Mm. So, I mean, the highlight of Billy Bonds' reign was probably the FA Cup semi-final against Nottingham Forest when uh, the referee Keith Hackett robbed us. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what were your memories of that day? Um, I think it was... It, it didn't start well because uh, it was uh, when... We had a player send off. I think it was that game, no? Yes. Uh, and uh, I think nothing went nothing went right for us. And uh, it was it was I think bad day uh, from the beginning. <laughs> but, but it was great great atmosphere. That's what I remember. Because mm. even when we because we lost. It was the game, and it was a fantastic atmosphere. 
and uh, and a great great day for for the fans, even when we lost. But still, they stayed behind us, and that was that was fantastic. Yeah, what what was your relationship like with the fans? Because I remember there was constant chance of Ludo, and of course you had your own song. Um, what, what what was it like? What was it like to play for West Ham? Was it a bit special for you? It was, yes. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know why, but uh, I think the fans they they took me very well, and uh, we had always we had a great I think relationship. Uh, even through the, through the games, they were chatting my name and uh, calling what is the score, and they wanted me to show them. <laughs> um, I really didn't didn't like it too much because uh, I was losing the concentration a little bit. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that was a part part of the games, and uh, oh, it was it was always it was fantastic, and uh, always I love to play for well then mm. um, and <clears throat> talking about your playing career man, I, I personally thought one of the greatest games you had was that in that famous game against Manchester United on the last day of the 94-95 season when you pulled off four or five world class four or five world class saves um, I, I've since read in an in- interview that you were the only one warming up that day how much truth is in that I don't know if I was the only one <laughs> warming up <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I always I had my routine before the game, and uh, I always done it. I know we had a player like Julian Dix, who his warm up was uh, five minutes sitting in a hot bath, and that, that's it. Uh, and then he put put the socks on. Uh, <laughs> I think we've been a little bit different, but uh, he was a fantastic player, and uh, he did very well. And he didn't need a warm up. Mm. Um, everyone is different, but that time uh, the game was, I think, different than it is now. Um, and uh, no, I just it was it was a great great day, uh, last game of the season. We had nothing to lose. Uh, we went just out to to enjoy enjoy our, our last game. Mm. And <clears throat> did you, did you get the feeling that it was going to end one, or did you think that you were going to concede more? Or did you just feel on top of your game and knew you just weren't going to concede any more? No, I just always it was like every every for me it was like every other game. Mm. Um, but uh, that day I really uh, maybe I had a luck because uh, um, I think you need it all the time. But uh, no, it was a it was a great 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 day uh, for us and for for Blackburn, but not for Man United. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, it was. It was fantastic, mm. and, and good memories from that day. Mm. You, you played on until 1998 for West Ham. Um, I wondered who was who was the best striker in training that that was on West Ham's books that you came up against. Oh, you mean against? Uh, no, the best or player, the, the best kind of player for West Ham in training for West Ham. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to say because uh, from the time I. It was Trevor Morley when I came to West Ham. He was there. I think he was a fantastic, fantastic striker for us. Then uh, it was Tony Cotty, um, who was very clever, um, and he he could score the goals. Um, 
and also lots of others. Um, mm. I think you had a good players. And who who would you think was the best player you came up against in goal? Who was the one you really kind of feared? Oh, I don't know. I can't say one player really because it was Alan Shearer at that time and lots of uh, other strikers, Ian Wright. And it was, uh, I don't know, it's, we, will need, we will need maybe a whole book for these players. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. There was, I think, fantastic players in England uh, against our players. It was, uh, it was a players who been strong players. It was always uh, tough uh, to come. Uh, you had also technical players, all all sorts of players, and it was it was great. Hmm. Um, I, I wonder, do you, do you still go back to Upton Park now? Do you still been? Do you still watch games? Uh, I don't have really too much time now to watch it because uh, with my job, what I'm doing now, I'm um, more look, uh, concentrating on the on the young players uh, in the Czech Republic and uh, trying to find the new talents. And uh, but still, I'm I'm coming to uh, to England. Uh, I was this year. I was a few times uh, in London, a few times in at West Ham. Uh, but mostly I went to watch uh, Academy Boys uh, and uh, I'm planning uh, to come for the Chelsea game uh, two weeks time and mm. um, I will be there and also I would like to come to watch uh, Young Boys under 18s play against mm. Fulham uh, on the morning and afternoon come to the to West Ham game against Chelsea mm. um. Just on second last question, Yussi uh, Askelainen, he's ha- he maybe having a bit of a crisis after that game against Norwich where he, he was at fault for one of the goals. Um, what's your thoughts on Yussi Askelainen? I think he's a good goalkeeper. Hmm. I think he's a good goalkeeper. Um, but maybe after this game, I think he needs another, another good game. Hmm. Because uh, I know people are, may say uh, he's maybe older. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's up to manager, and uh, it's not. It's not. I can't really say because I didn't see him. Uh, and uh, it's up to the managers uh, who must decide if he maybe needs the rest uh, or, or he can carry on. Uh, yeah. Um, but but definitely he's a good goalkeeper. Mm. Um. Last question. I'm interested to know whether you know the lyrics to the famous Ludic McClosco song. <laughs> Sounds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will, you, will, you, will you say them for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Ludo, will you, uh, will you just say, my name is Ludic McClosco, I come from near Moscow. That's all, that's all we need. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Did you ever fancy turning around to the North Bank or the Bobby Moore stand and saying, I'm not from near Moscow? <laughs> no, I think it's closer to London from <laughs> than to Moscow. <laughs> um, well, thanks very much for giving us your time, Ludo. No, You're a West no, Ham hero. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to talk to you. No, thanks so my much. Pleasure. It's my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to see everyone on, uh, on the Saturday against Chelsea game. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Ludo. Awesome. Thanks, Ludo. Take care now. Thank you. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.
So yeah. Luna McGlasgow, there we go. Thank yes. you very much, Luna. Wow. What a top man. It's good to see him speak. Yeah, at last. Start. I thought I'd get him. I thought I'd get him. <laughs> it's so close to getting him stop. singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> Will you sing the song, Ludo? Uh, no. No. <laughs> that's no. That's Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the Norwich result. Um, so, literally a game of two halves, Graham. Um, the first half we played very well, second half not so much. Do you know what? I was sitting there in the, in the first half watching that on... Um, on a moody feed as you do uh, these days and I could not believe I was watching West Ham United playing football um, we were exceptional weren't we mm. we were just absolutely fantastic they they couldn't get the ball and you're sitting there thinking is, is this the West Ham that have been charged with being a long ball team all season yeah. you know and they're pinging the ball around alright it wasn't doing it a lot in the final third but you know it was lovely to see it was brilliant football. and then and then the second half was kind of like the complete antithesis, wasn't it? It was just like the first half in, re in reverse. We, we couldn't keep the ball. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what Hewton did to, to bring about the changes, um, but whatever it was, I mean, he got amongst us and, and mm. you know, we, we just fell at pieces, didn't we? And yeah. you kind of, it was, it was going from the sublime to the ridiculous. We were that good. And then we really were that bad in yeah. the second half. Yeah. So, yeah, it's worrying because that's the first time I think we've ever seen that under Allardyce, isn't mm. it? Where we've completely capitulated like that. Yeah. Um, it was a bit like watching, you remember that game where we um, played Chelsea and we beat them at home? It was a bit like that in reverse, wasn't it? The yeah. first half, we were terrible that day, and then we come out and we murdered them. Yeah. But it was a bit like the other way around, yeah. you know. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's there's a bit of a concern there, you know. Um, again, it's the first goal we've conceded from open play this season and all that, and you can point to a couple of mistakes. The second goal was a dodgy decision by the referee. I know some people even argue that the first one was a little bit suspect, mm. didn't they? They're, they're saying yeah. that perhaps UC had the ball knocked out of his hands. But mm. um, whatever, you know, I, I think if I was Sam, I'd, I'd be really concerned by that. Mm. because alright you lose games but that's the first time we've lost in that fashion and to a team that you know seven days earlier uh, were what by seven themselves so mm. yeah I think we've yeah. got uh, a that's few concerns good. there anyway yeah Greg a very unallardice performance yeah it's, uh, I, I do think as, as Graham says it's hopefully just the exception to yeah. what has been pretty much mm. some good football this season and I'm going to sound like the West Ham you know PR man again here <laughs> But um, I do. Th I mean, second half was disappointing. But I think the Stoke game earlier this season was a bit like that when yeah, we lost yeah, at home. Yeah. And in many ways, a home game where you should be um, imposing yourself a bit more. So mm -hmm. the two games coming. Well, Chelsea's coming up, obviously, and I think we'll always give that a good go. And did last year. And then after that, is it Fulham and Palace? So, Fulham yeah. and Palace, yeah, yeah, big matches now. And yeah. if you think. I was looking at it. Um, if you get results in those two games, you're sort of not far off where we were last year. But they are. It doesn't three big derbies. So mm. hopefully it's just a blip on on Saturday. And, you know, mm. whether Winston missing probably didn't make too much difference. Mm. But you hope we just don't get any more injuries now. Um, yeah. James, are we in a relegation battle? <laughs> we love a relegation battle. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Plenty to talk about for the rest of the no, podcast. No, it's this is a first match where I've. I've, you know, I've been. I had a lovely weekend. <laughs> Other than that, and it's the first match where I keep, I forget about it, and I remember it, and I sigh. Yeah. <laughs> what back happened? Down. Because it was so good, and it was beautiful football, yeah. and we're knocking it around, and it just, I, you know, my mate Russ actually tweeted, Ugh. "What's happening? We're playing brilliant." Yeah. And then it all went to rubbish. <laughs> you kind of knew that was going to happen, didn't you? Mm. It was so, so very West Ham to play that well. Yeah. It was like, you know there's going to be a kickback to this in the second <laughs> half. And get, of course there was. But yeah, you're right time. about the Arnaldice performance. It mm. felt yeah. just that. It was like an Avram Grant performance, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't went it? shambolic. Yeah. And at no stage, I think, when we started going against it, did we ever actually 
get back into it. No, no. Mm. Just Absolutely. completely lost yeah. it. From champagne to shambolic. Yes. Um, um, right. <laughs> get a job at a sun. Yes, I mean, Yussi had a nightmare with that penalty. I was watching yeah. it with my brother, he does a bit of Sunday refing, and as soon as uh, Yussi did, did that, he said he turned to me and said, that's a penalty, that's a definite penalty. And I was like, no, it's not, he got the ball or something, it can't be a penalty. <laughs> but, must have done. But it definitely, I mean, that, obviously that was the turning point. And I think mm. it was interesting what Allardyce had to say after the match. He said, um, on the penalty, it gave them the massive lift they were looking for and gifted them the boost of confidence that they were searching for, but looked like they were never going to get. It's a psychological thing in that it lifted the crowd they were booing at half time but 10 minutes after they were cheering mm. which makes a massive difference and that was our fault yeah. and I think um, it's been a few occasions this season where we've just done something wrong at the wrong minute and I'm thinking against that Stoke match to give away that free kick for Jermaine Pennant yep. um, and then of course we, James Collins made that mistake and gave away that free kick from which they scored are we just unlucky it was awful timing mm. for the penalty it yeah. was but then sure it was our, it was our mistakes wasn't it, it yeah. went, you know on yeah. the second goal from the free kick it was Noble gave it away hmm. he kind of he went forward and three shut him down and he kind of gave it away they hit the bar That's, that was the Noble one yeah, yeah. Noble. They were, they I felt like Collins yeah. should have I don't I think Collins just ran didn't he I know he's watching the ball but mm. it seemed a silly free kick yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is again though isn't it it's Collins yeah, and, and, and one, I hate to say match. it because I really really like James Collins I think he's a fantastic defender and you know he gives 100% but you just know that once in a game there's going to be a rick somewhere yeah um, alright you can't really I, I guess be too critical when he's he's walked into a player that he's not even looking at and they keep <laughs> giving against yeah. him but he's there you know and, and it just seems to be a, a, a constant thing with Collins um, and I think that probably has always been the case even when he was at West, at West Ham last time that there was yeah. always the occasional you know you just really real, real basic error and it would happen mm. um, but, but now we've got him and now we? Collins has been the team for possibly 10 weeks we yeah, since yeah. Richardson Reed's injured yeah. um, are we even in even more trouble it's a huge oh, yes. blow the fact that we're talking about it's been such a, a shock to compared to the first half mm. and what we've seen yeah. this Spurs away and then you see a team that starts with Joe Cole Noble Downing Ravel Nolan, um, there's. I think I, I always err towards the optimistic, but the fact that those players are starting in a game like that, yeah. that they're mm-hmm. getting on the ball, you know, we yeah. should be. I think after the Stoke game was Spurs. After that, wasn't it? Um, I might be wrong. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it's a bit further down. The line, but um, yeah. we've always. I think under Sam, we've we kind of learned from. You know, if we've had a setback. We always bounce back. So. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be annoyed as an international break, won't he? Because he'll just want to get him out there again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and. They're, I think everyone else reading Kevin Nolan they're holding their hands up and they're, they're, no one's trying to pretend that yeah. you know mm-hmm. um, it wasn't um, it wasn't ideal but so there's a recognition there and I think hopefully as I say Chelsea it'd be a different game we remember last year when we yeah. 3-1 so. I think we're going to beat them out of those well, three games I yeah. think that's the one we're going to win I can see us getting four points and I can see us beating Chelsea yeah. perhaps losing to Fulham and drawing with Palace because it'd be you know it's just so West Ham to do it that, <laughs> that, was, you know. that was a game last <laughs> year with <laughs> Colton Cole really he scored didn't yeah. he and put under pressure yeah. didn't he yeah, 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 Mager, so. that. in fact that was his last goal I think wasn't it right. for the club yeah. <laughs> last Christmas here's a thought but, when when Mager played um, in that Cardiff match he had the first 45 minutes which he was excellent in in the um, yeah. Colin Cup mm. is it Colin Cup what's Cup it called he was excellent in and the milk cup in the milk cup the little woods <laughs> the little woods rumbelows <laughs> <laughs> the worst isn't it <laughs> um, 
he played excellent 45 minutes because we played on the floor to him and I felt that without a striker on Saturday maybe unless his confidence is completely shot it wouldn't have been a bad move to bring him on because we were playing on the, for- on the floor mm. we were playing to his strengths rather than hitting high to Andy Carroll's head yeah. that isn't there mm. you've got to ask yeah. why that in, in that case Allardyce isn't bringing him on I think um, yeah. that you know is it confidence is it yeah. I mean Sam was pretty scathing wasn't he in his, in his comments yeah, uh, yeah. about him recently when he said mm. you know there, there's players there that have had the opportunity and they haven't done it mm. and I think he referred specifically to, to May yeah, yeah. it's funny yeah. as we were leaving the ground a couple, was it after the what was it the nil-nil what was that game I've already forgotten Vi- everyone after the Villa game <laughs> after the Villa game we were, leave, we were leaving the stand and someone, yeah. had, someone had written on the board my eager to score a hat-trick £25 yeah. would you like fit, yeah. like 100 quid or whatever someone had written Odds eight hundred million to one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a shame because you don't like to see strikers suffer like that, especially oh, yeah. strikers that we spent five million quid on. God, but um, yeah. it, it really, you, you sort of look at the situation and wonder now if there is any chance of him coming back and being a being a West Ham player. Because, mm. as Sam said, he's had a couple of opportunities and he just hasn't done it. So. No, but then again, Sam is quite good at bringing players back who you think have had their time, like Vazte when well, he kind of, maybe looked Diara. like he'd fallen out, and Diara too. And then they kind of got their chance to come back in, but maybe that wasn't ability-based, that was more kind of attitude-based. And it looks like he's coming back, sorry, James, I was going to say, Diara looks like he's going to be involved again soon. Oh, really? Oh, really? I thought yeah, he was out for the season. I think he's been yeah, playing, he's training, isn't he? Played a reserve game against Luton last week. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh that's, so, that's good. That's positive. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, positivity. <laughs> there is a glimmer of light. And we weren't last a match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's just quickly put the spotlight on Allardyce. Um, yeah. Obviously, Matt, lots of managers are getting linked with the sack. Martin Yole, for one. Chris Houghton. Houghton, I can remember how to say his name. Um, he was Chris getting H. linked. Um, but no one seems to be mentioning Allardyce. Is everyone in this room confident that he is the right man? But uh, Greg, you're probably the man. I, I'm, I'm biased on it, but I just I think he's absolutely brilliant. What mm. he's what he's done since he's been at the club. How um, I, I remember the day, the first day, and he just sat there. There's a lot of stuff about then about the West Ham way. Mm. I can just remember him saying, for him, the West Ham way. You know, yes, the Decanios and the Brookings, but for him, the West Ham way was Billy Bonds, Julian Dix, passion, mm. and and pride in what you do. And I just yeah. see it every day with Sam at the training ground. Mm. The, Neil McDonald, the coaching staff, you know, is the, what we've done, what we've achieved, you know, promotion, mid-table, even now, you know, you get a couple of results against Palace and Fulham, you're mid-table yep. and you're in a League Cup quarter-final, so, mm. um, I, 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 yeah, can't speak highly enough of him, and, and mm. that idea of a team behind the team, so the whole club, I, my first day, pretty much, he called me and the other couple, Laura and Rob, from the media team into his office and just said you're a part of the team and I've had it before with other managers you go away and you're sort of eating separately and you're in the in a back room mm. and you're not part of it and you travel on your own and, and with Sam the whole the whole club is as one um, he's got you know good support and good rapport with, with the owners and with Karen Brady and I just I can't see I think that's our biggest strength at the moment and the mm. biggest chance we've got of finishing mid-table and building and mm. you know as I just said about the, the players that are playing Mm. You know the youth players are getting a chance. There's smart moves being happening with the lone players. Elliot Lee getting, mm. you know, going out. Um, I just think he's. Mm. I mean, it's a it's a glowing report, but I, I, mm. I can only say that he's just. I think a top man. But you also, um, in fact, there was a few. Lewis uh, Evanchart said we deserve to go down, not score enough goals to one. <laughs> not plan for a full 90 minutes Sam out now which I thought was a slight uh, overreaction although he seems a nice bloke because he's on Twitter and then he's like oh well give us something positive to talk about <laughs> well who else would we bring in there's no if we didn't mm. Sam's equipped for this job and if we are in a relegation battle 
he's equipped to deal with it. Um, who, what other manager would you bring in? That's a, that's a the thought of madness. anyone but Big Sam managing us scares me because I think like when 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 you hear the stories about what happened like Avram Grant and, and how Big Sam turned it around, he's obviously a really organised manager who knows his stuff and he's got every got all his ducks in order. And I think it would be a massive risk to go with anyone else. Mm. He's a proven quantity, mm. isn't he? Really, the only criticism that we keep going back to is we didn't buy a striker. Yeah, that's the yeah. I mean, Greg, have you yeah. got any idea what might have been happening for, for the striker? Not I've to... got no inside knowledge no. on that, other than you know Andy Carroll. You've got he's going to play with wide players forward, mm. so you've got Vazte, Jarvis, Downing, um, Mayigo, as you say. You know, last season mm. he looked like somebody that could make a you know contribution here and there. Um, you know, if Carroll's fit, it's diff- it's a different matter, isn't mm. it? So. Um, if it's you just take, a bit of a gamble that went wrong. Well, I, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I mean, we we haven't got the the biggest score. I think the owners have put in a, a, a lot of money, um, and doing it sensibly as well, and building. Um, if, uh, if if Carroll comes back, there's still enough time. You'd hope to, for him to make a difference. Mm. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah. I if he say. comes back, yeah. Well, if he comes <laughs> back, so, yeah. I, I think but, people are saying, isn't yeah. it? It's either January transfer window or yeah. Carroll comes back. But no, I just saw the idea of him not. Oh, I really like it in Belgium now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be bothered to come back. <laughs> yeah, I think, and then Sam was talking, wasn't he, about goals coming from elsewhere in the team, and that's what yeah. he does as well. Yeah. He, he allows, yeah. he brings other play. You know, he takes three yeah. defenders with him. Mm-hmm. No, he sets up Nolan, doesn't he? Constantly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, no, no, no insight into into what the thinking was there. Other than I think D- David Sullivan is about as astute as you'll find of mm-hmm. somebody yeah. in the transfer window. Yeah. Um, and and you know they've always backed. Back the manager, the right? Yeah, so. mm. and also I think it's quite clear that it wasn't for a lack of trying, was it? I mean, we know, for example, we were looking at Barr and Lukaku on the last day. We know that um, we were looking at Remy as well. Mm. Obviously, there there were certain um, concerns there, um, which which probably New, <coughs> stopped us from going in. Which Newcastle weren't too worried about, and now they're reaping the uh, the benefit <laughs> of it, aren't they? Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we you know it is clear we were in for strikers. Mm. Um, uh, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I yeah. think that's right. In the championship, wasn't it when they bought Vazte and and Sam um, under Avram when um, they got Denver Bar in yeah. and uh, um, Robbie Keane. Robbie well. Keane. Yeah. Mm. So it, I think yeah, January can't come soon enough. I guess. Yes. But, uh, either that or some uh, the team starts scoring and if yeah. it clicks. Yeah, we might not need to worry. And it did for forty. That's a funny thing, isn't it? But we're all like really down about it. But forty-five minutes, we were excellent. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, it was the wrong forty-five oh, no. minutes. <laughs> we should have been crappy the first time. And an exceptional after the break, yeah. we wouldn't have worried about it's it. It's always you know? a West Ham. You, a team that's lost seven-nil, they're always going to play West Ham next. It's yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Always, yeah. It's like somebody who's yeah. Chelsea like having a bad run. Yes. Yeah, they've got great. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Torres hasn't scored for a hundred yeah. games. Yeah, <laughs> play against West Ham. Yeah, um, I'm still hugely confident, though. I know I'm optimistic, but I'm still. I've survived. I've survived on everything. I'll be, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. I think, and we've got you know, League Cup at Spurs away. I mean, I remember Chelsea away in the League Cup, one of the best nights of my life. Even though we lost, and uh, Jimmy Walker's oh, penalty. Oh, the penalty! Oh. And yeah. you know, a moment like that, you never know. Could that could make a season if you, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. get those moments? And having Wembley under Sam, you can't forget these things. So. Hmm. That'd be good for you if we get to Wembley. The League it Cup. would be good. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be guaranteed <laughs> at least one ticket. <laughs> <laughs> We're not out of a title race though yet, are we? Uh, we can't rule ourselves out. We're only fifteen points off the points top. Points wise, only fifteen <laughs> points off the top. As I say, I mean, if you get the, if you, it's, it's realistic to think we against Fulham and Palace, and you get those, you get points there, then you're you're pretty much where we were last year mm. at the same time. Yeah. So. yeah, I think again, looking at those those games, you know, they are games you expect to win, but 
you look at um, games like that we've played so far this season Stoke uh, Villa Norwich um, you know, we've taken one point from those games, yeah. um, and then there goes. We really have to win if we, yeah. you know, if if you are in a relegation battle, you need, as they, the managers tell you, you need to beat the teams around you, and we're yeah. simply not doing that at the moment, and that yeah. is That's a concern. Right. But I guess if you can go to Tottenham and win three 0 instead, yeah. <laughs> and also, typical West Ham. Annoyingly, well, in fact, we hadn't mentioned yeah. it with three 0 Annoyingly, Sunderland beat Man City's teams like that when you start to yeah. think, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's but. our turn, <laughs> and it will come. I think we've got a tricky run, and we'll get some points there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always, always do, don't we? For the, we, bit, for we the big games at home, exactly. We, we always pull some points yeah. out of somewhere when we need them. So I yeah. think that's a sound factor as well. It's yeah. not like it used to be. You know, you, you turn up now expecting. That's why it is still such a shock what happened yeah. in Norwich because. Yeah. That's not what I usually. That's not usually occurs. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about a couple of other pieces of West Ham news this week. Jermaine Defoe. I made a massive, massive mistake. I really didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's him talking about leaving West Ham. Is he angling for a move, Greg? I'm not sure. I, I, <laughs> I, di- 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 diplomatic. <laughs> um, I, I don't know Jermaine at yeah. all, but um, I mean, I, I did see those quotes, and uh, I know from people that know him that he's genuine. His comments about the club mm. are genuine, and there's other things that, have, that doesn't get written about and seen a, that, mm. that are true about Jermaine and West Ham and, and things he's done recently. So it would be great, mm. you know. Yeah. Uh, Graham, he's been consistent in this opinion, right? He has, hasn't he? Um, he, he, he came out and said something very similar about eight years ago we, we trawled through the KUMB archives <laughs> and we found um, comments very similar to this um, in, in the week prior to when he came back to West Ham as a player for the first mm. time since joining Spurs so yeah you know whether or not that that's uh, Mm. Uh, you know, it's a little bit cynical. You don't know, but I mean, all this is great. I, I think Defoe coming back. Yes, he's an England international. He's a great player. But the, the, the problem with it is, where's he going to play? Mm. Allardyce plays with one man up front as, as a rule, and that one man is generally, uh, you know, a giant, a six mm. foot two, a six foot three, Carroll, a Cole, or a, a, a Carew, someone mm. like that. And Defoe's five foot seven. Now, mm. either he's going to play. If if he was to bring him in, it would be to play him out wide. But he's never done it before in his career, yeah. so it, it, to, to me, it, you know, I just don't see where where it, it fits. Yeah. With it. But uh, you know, mm. we shall see. James, if he did come back, would you welcome him back with open arms? Yes. Mm. What? What? Imagine having someone who scores in our team. <laughs> <laughs> imagine it. Imagine it. Just close your eyes and think about it. Yes, <laughs> I think he was a. He, it was handled dreadfully mm. when he left. I think it's handled dreadfully. Whether it's his fault, his agent's fault, but you know time's passed and he's grown up and you know, he might not be the best person in the world I don't know but mm. he would be a great player for us and we'd be mad not to have him mm. um, last bit of West Ham news Terry Brown has uh, smashed £1.5 million into Sheffield Wednesday um, he never invested any money for us Graham as far as I can see um, well, yeah. that's what I was told I went to a board meet one of those uh, yeah. board meetings and I was told that what's it's- going on there? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he's just decided to be a bit benevolent in his old age. He certainly hasn't given us any of it back, has he? Um, I, I, you <laughs> Not know, a friend of the show. <laughs> Te- you know, I, I, it's, it's, I don't want to be too critical of Terry Brown because he's a big West Ham fan at the end of the day. Yeah. He's one of us and he's probably been to more games than any of us put together mm. over the years. He's a huge, huge fan. But the, the point is he, he came into the club with nothing and walked out with over 30 million quid and, and now he's dishing it out to you know Sheffield Wednesday presumably because of his, his friendship with uh, Mandarich yeah, yeah and, and obviously Paul Aldridge is there now who was the chief executive at West Ham I think 
I think he was mm. the chief executive a few years back. Paul's a top guy, you know. Um, mm. Paul Aldridge, I don't think any of the supporters had anything bad to say about him. He was very, very good with the fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, good, good old Terry, are eh? you? Who'd have thought it? <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe a nice guy. Yeah. Because Sullivan and Gold always come with Sullivan mainly. Always comes out with, with welcome investment. Yes. So it seems yeah. odd. It seems an odd, considering they sit, yeah. they have lunch together before the match. Yeah. 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 And then sit together, you'd think, well. Oh, Anyone else looking for investment around here? <laughs> well, James, you said you've seen Terry Brown knocking about the boardroom and he hangs around like a ghost at the back, right? He doesn't kind of... He doesn't seem the friendly... Well, not... It's, it's harsh to say because I've never really yeah. had any dealings with him, but I've seen him around and he d he's not, you know, the life and soul of the party. <laughs> that shocks me. <laughs> he loves a Jaeger I had him... <laughs> But he's, you know, he's there and he's at the matches, and I don't know, I don't really know what his role is. Yeah, he's honorary, honorary life president. Life president. Well, he lost for the it second time. Again. Yeah, 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 he was kicked out, wasn't he? I think he had it taken away from. Him. Greg will probably be the man to tell us about I that. Think I think that's right. Been there at I, the time. Uh, yeah, I think he's. I don't know what happened the first time. But, I think uh, he was stripped, yeah. wasn't he? By um, was it wasn't Magnuson going? I think to they were going to sue him because of the conditions of the Tevez. So, but yeah. um, I think is it uh, Gold and Sullivan have reinstated him as honorary life president. Yes, I've always thought that's a bit too kind of gaudy. Like, like I remember Doug Ellis did something similar, and you think, well, you, you don't need that title, do you? Yeah. Like, if people are already kind of suspicious of you, why would you want such a grand title? <laughs> yeah. Just have mad. Just have. You know, something. You do script. call yourself Lord Crisco. <laughs> Led. <laughs> Led. <laughs> um, excellent. All right, well, let's do. Let's finish up with some predictions for the. So we've got the international. The break. trio. Yeah. But then we've got Chelsea, Fulham, Palace. Um, so, Graham, you've already kind of alluded to that. I've done mine. I've already done it now. So, what are you saying? Four points from those, those three. <laughs> Win against uh, yeah. Chelsea. I think I think we'll win. Not. Yeah, I can see us getting four points. Yeah. Really, a, a win and draw. Fulham's always a tricky. Is, are we at home or away to Fulham? <sighs> oh, that I don't know. We're oh, Palace sorry. away, isn't it? But yeah, Palace is away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we we tend to struggle a little bit down at uh, Fulham, don't we? Mm, yeah. Um, usually one all, isn't it? It's usually yeah. really boring. Oh, I remember a Boxing Day. Yeah, mm. Colton Cole scored a couple. Oh yeah, Zamora did one one once. Yeah. There was also that one where Matthew Evanson got brought down on, on the halfway line and, and got up really angry and, and just ran 50 yards and I think and scored a goal <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious Some a few years back but, usually yeah. in the Fulham away the most exciting thing is watching the people capsize in the river it's, it's the KUMB <laughs> boat coming in that's what it is it's, yeah, that's yeah, the highlight on it yeah, yeah Romford's <laughs> boat trip yeah. yeah looking forward to seeing the photos from Romford's boat trip yes. again yeah <laughs> <laughs> on the forum um, Greg thoughts I'm useless at predictions but I, I've got I think I think we can be pretty positive we should get a couple of results in there okay four, um, so you'd be happy with four points from that four or six maybe yeah okay six, six. Get, um, but uh, where they come from it'll probably be the unexpected <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can see us beating Palace and I can see us beating one of Chelsea or Fulham and then losing the other probably be beat Chelsea lose against Fulham um, James seven Seven. Yeah. Or <laughs> like Len Goodman. Seven. <laughs> I guess you, it's that thing, isn't it, of um, where it's better to take points off the rivals, but um, yeah, we're, like we're, none of us would turn down <laughs> <laughs> the ones in the table, but um, <laughs> yes. none of us would turn down a, a home win against Chelsea, I think. That yeah. might be Absolutely not. Yeah. Pretty nice. And so usually an in, in international break, I guess, would have meant previously you had, you had quite a relaxed time, Greg, but now I guess it's the opposite. Uh, it's not, on call. Yeah, it's not too bad for me. I don't. Um, I get involved with the England team just on a match day um, at home, but generally I work with the chairman and the board of the FA and mm -hmm. doing some other things. So um, leave the England stuff to uh, 
to the other guys but yeah right. on a home match it's quite nice to be in the tunnel and doing yeah. a bit of the media work so it'd be a busy couple of weeks and uh, last question of the podcast when is Mark Noble going to get called up to the first team to, for England yeah I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at Wembley I'm always talking pushing West Ham players um, Ravel Morrison has been mentioned so many times but, um yeah, it would be nice before Ireland come calling because everyone yeah. keeps saying that Ireland. Oh, really? Yeah. He's got a connection there, hasn't he? Yeah, but um, yeah. it, you'd you'd hope, and and I think Roy Hodgson, again, sounding the the optimistic guy. But um, mm. Roy has shown, I think, with the Southampton players and other players that he's uh, he'll give people a chance. So if, mm. and Nobbs has been great this season. I think yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah. been class developed yeah. so uh, you never know fingers crossed oh, we should just mention um, uh, although we can't physically show it you should, there's two pictures that have amused me greatly over last week on the West Ham websites one was a picture of Carlton Cole and Ravel Morrison <laughs> posing in the in the Christmas <laughs> their Christmas yeah. seasonal wear where yes. Ravel Morrison looked like competition winner yeah, yeah. And the other one with Adidas is Stuart Downing, Downing yeah. and Razvan Rat with Razvan Rat resting oh, his head yeah. on his <laughs> uncomfortably on his shoulder I mean that's that was a good idea I mean, I love it. It's team spirit. Shit down his face as, as well. It's like, what's going on here? What's he doing? <laughs> They've just captured this moment. It's like a Romanian. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's worth checking out both of for a little bit of yeah. amusement. Romanian marketing has never been the best. <laughs> yeah. It's always a bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. But it somehow it's made it on. All there. good. Yeah, Crazy. it's funny. It's Give good. us all a laugh. Yeah, I like seeing it. Actually. Yeah. I'd rather that than a normal shot. That picture yeah. of Ravel is fantastic. Yeah. Though. He really, you know, he looks lost, doesn't he? Yeah. His big hulking Carlton Cole with his yeah. arm around him. It's you know, disturbing. That hat's <laughs> too big for him. Santa hat's too big for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Excellent stuff. Okay, James, thank you very much for joining Pleasure. us. Pleasure, uh, Graham. Thanks again for joining thank us. You. And Greg, well done for making your debut. Cheers. Thank you very excellent. much. Excellent. Thank you. Um, you can stay in touch with the show by following James on Twitter at Long as One. Uh, Graham is on K-U-M-B-D-O-T-C-U-M uh, I'm Chris and I'm on CJ Skull Skull with a C Greg you're on Twitter as well but you have a very minute I following. have I've, I'm probably the worst PR man ever for Twitter but, um, <laughs> um, yeah Greg underscore Demetrio if you can spell yeah. that then. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very exclusive club that's yeah. why it's like Da Vinci code you have to find it. I think I've got about 112 or something <laughs> but yeah very special each and every one yes indeed yeah and of course you can go on the Knees and Mother Brown forums and the KUMB Facebook group which is growing by the minute going from strength to strength Graham is nodding yes, and you is. can subscribe to us on iTunes subscribe to us on iTunes as well and leave a comment just saying uh, how much you enjoy the podcast that's all we ask for or not or not no <laughs> only if you do average, <laughs> average. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for listening we'll be speaking to you very soon after we've got some points from Chelsea Fulham and Palace probably. come on your eyes come on your eyes